0: Hello and welcome to this grand day out, and you lucky getting two in as many weeks. So last time I said obviously I hadn't got hands on with The Last of Us Part 2 yet. Well as of time of recording, being the 4th of July 2020, I actually got The Last of Us Part 2 yesterday and i've been playing it so this is not gonna have spoilers in it just to forewarn you so how am i finding it well i've played it for around two three hours so far i gotta say i'm really enjoying it i can see why the critics are absolutely fawning over this game saying it's the best game of the generation and so on and so forth. So once again you're kind of thrust into the main role of you're playing as Ellie this time round and um, she controls controls completely different to to Joel who who you might remember is the main protagonist from the first game And, and mainly this game from what I've seen so far, is Ellie's story and Ellie's journey. Again, I'm not gonna get into spoilers, and like I say, I have already wept. <laughs> I'm about two three hours into it, and I've already absolutely bawled my eyes out. I'm not gonna tell you why, but if you've played it, then you probably know why. So the first thing that I kind of noticed, obviously, is I've got the physical edition and it comes on two blu-ray discs so you've got one play disc and then one install disc which is just absolutely mind-boggling that t- that kind of gives you a feel for how you know how the game actually looks and it's a stunningly gorgeous game the first thing you do is you ride a horse in through kind of kind of a sunset kind of thing and instantly you kind of met with you know the sun reflecting off of the horses uh do they have hair yeah off the horses hair and stuff you know and obviously there's there's cinematic lens flare and and things like that and it just looks really gorgeous the graphics have been updated substantially as well from the obviously from the PS3 I played the first one originally as the quote-unquote, remastered version on PS4. And even that, even though it was upscaled and slightly modified, it it looked very good. It doesn't have the same kind of shine that this does. You can tell that a lot of love and work has gone into this. It's absolutely stonkingly mad. The other thing as well, when you load the game that you're met with, is an accessibility menu and this is the most accessible video game I have ever played so one of the options is text to speech and audio cue so you can actually you know if you're visually impaired and you're not able to read things within the game you can put on text to speech and it will narrate for you as well there's options for motion sickness so you can obviously turn that down as well if you're quite past- not partial if you're quite susceptible to that. On top of that as well, you've got options that go towards kind of whether you're blind and things like that as well. There's it's just a whole lot of options. Like I say, it is honestly one of the most inclusive video games I have ever seen. And that is something to be applauded as just fantastic. More games should honestly do that. So once again, I am really liking this. Obviously, avoid the spoilers if you can. Because I know that there were spoilers a couple of weeks ago. And those horrible, nasty trolls on the internet are trying to ruin it for everybody because they don't like... A, a leading female protagonist as well, who, who just happens to be, be a lesbian as well, going, oh, it wasn't signposted at all. Well, for a start, that's absolutely ridiculous. Have you played the original Last of Us download campaign? You know, Left Behind, that's where they introduce the whole notion of her being queer. And obviously as well, you can't play that original game and not, you know not get a feeling for it as well. But right now, I've had my break. I've had my little cry. and I'm going to jump back into The Last of Us Part 2. So, highly recommend this. Pick it up. So, for the first of my purchases on the latest Bandcamp Day, not sure if you can hear it in the background, but it's John freaking... Carpenter. Now, I was shocked as anybody to see that John friggin' Carpenter has music on Bandcamp. But yes, of course he does. So, the album I brought was called Anthology Movie Themes, 1978... Sorry, 1974 to 1998. So, on this, it's a selection of his themes from his own movies and stuff re-recorded in a more re-recorded in in a modern studio with modern technologies along with his his son and his godson so really keeping it in the family and such like so I've I've just listened through it all now and you know exactly what you're gonna get with John Carpenter You're getting synthy goodness. There's not really a lot more I can say about it, really. It's, You know, it's John Carpenter. If you like the scores and that from his films and the themes, grab it. So I ordered the vinyl version as well. So hopefully that's going to be coming through in the not-too-distant future. But can't recommend this album enough. So, so good. Just hearing you know, underrated films, themes to underrated films like In the Mouth of Madness and stuff is really freaking cool, and the guitar work as well, it's exceptionally cool, and yeah, really can't recommend it enough, get on it. So next up on my haul from the latest Bandcamp Friday is Michael Legg, live in 2019, doing his show The Idiot. Uh, so it was recorded 2019, obviously, because it's in the title. It was recorded at the Bill Murray Pub in Islington in Deepest Darkest London. And I I really liked the Bill Murray. I saw Cheap Show Live there, uh, the 100 and the 101st episodes. It's a, it's a lovely little venue. It's kind of in one of the back streets, kind of hidden and really placed well out of the way. And outside of it, there's lots of different paintings and stuff of like... Uh, obviously Bill Murray, I think there's one of Charlie Chaplin, and I think there's one of Richard Pryor as well. But anyway, moving on, so this this show is all about how, why isn't everybody Iggy Pop? <laughs> it's a very simple premise, but it's really funny. So if you've never heard of Michael Leg, then, well, you, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> basically. So he's quite well known for not only doing warm-up spots on TV for the BBC and Channel 4. But also, I personally know him from presenting The Dave Gorman Show on Absolute Radio uh, from a few years back, and on top of that as well, he also appears on a podcast called Do The Right Thing, along with Daniel Ward, who was also on... The Dave Gorman Show. So, so I think that the show was actually put up for free, but obviously being the kind, generous guy that I am, I obviously paid for the show, which you should 110, 110% do. So if you've not heard Michael colleague before, the only way to describe him really is an angry Norrish, Northern Irishman. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those that kind of needs to hurt to be believed i had the great fortune of before lockdown of seeing him emceeing at the cambridge junction and he's a fantastic MC as well so he's a he's a great comedian and obviously he's got two of his recordings on there as well so obviously the idiot is on there and as well as his previous previous show jerk <laughs> which is partly about his dog but yeah um moving on from that really Definitely pick up Michael Legs the Idiot. It's absolutely hilarious. And you will you will definitely like it. So this here is my third batch of goodies that I purchased from the recent bandcamp day. We are now Monday, the 6th of July, and I have finally worked through the four albums that I hope I'm saying this right. Annika van Giersbergen. Might be a neck. I'm not sure. I think it's probably pronounced a neck. Anyway, she's put four of her albums up. I believe they actually went up on Friday as a pay what you like per album. So I brought Pure Air, Air, Live in Europe, and In Your Room. These are all done under the guise of Agua de Anique. So just in case you don't know who Annika or Annick is, she originally made her kind of impact in the music world with the band called The Gathering. However, from 2007, she kind of split away from them and went off and did her own solo things. And bum bum guess who she's also worked with? That's right, another Grand Day Out episode and Dave yet again manages to mention the legend that is Devin Townsend. Yes, she's worked on several of his Devin Townsend projects. So, out of the four albums so far, I've only managed to work through Air in Your Room and Pure Air. So, In Your Room, I really, really like this. It's really really poppy it's light it's you know it's really sing along and that kind of thing it's even got Devin Townsend I think even helped write a song on the album as well which is just f- the song's called Just Fine and it is Just Fine given that he doesn't he kind of rarely works well writes with anyone else it's it's kind of staggering that he chose to write with Anek or Annika I'm going to call her from Annika from now on. I don't know. I will find the right way of saying her name eventually. But that album is really... So the In Your Room album is really poppy. It's really catchy. It's good fun. I really highly recommend that one. Then you've got the album called Air. This one is a lot more melancholic. And it's a lot more kind of stripped back. I, It had a couple of standout tracks, but for me personally, I didn't really dig it as much as I dug in your room. And then the third album that I worked through was called Pure Air. Now this album features more acoustic based tracks from kind of acoustic stripped down versions of tracks from the album Air. And as well... It's got lots of... It's got a couple of uh, cover songs as well. The, The standout being Alanis Morissette's Ironic, which is actually surprisingly good done acoustic. However, on this album, she has got lots of guest artists. So the most notable one that I can see will be Sharon Denadel, who is better known as the singer from Within Temptation, and as well as the mastermind behind Arion being Arjun Lucassen. So this one, again, I might just need to be in the mood for it, but this one didn't really ring kind of a really personal bell with me. I liked it, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like I need to kind of be in the mood for it. But, I mean, aside from that... Yeah, really enjoyed those. I've still got live in Europe to get through. But again, that's kind of... I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And also, while we're still talking about Devin Townsend very loosely, have I ever spoke to you about Shea Amy Dorval? Again, it's somebody else who is mostly known for... well, for me anyway working with Devin Townsend. Now, in 2018, she actually put out her very first solo album. So I thought, Bandcamp Day's here. Why don't you order a copy? Because obviously, along with everybody else in the world, well, at least the music world, everything has come to a standstill, and obviously touring artists are unable to tour and things like that. So I thought, why not? Why not order the physical copy as well? And along with that... You know, maybe put a little bit extra on top, you know, just to help see it through, you know. But anyway, going back to the album in your hand. So between the walls and the window, it's, again, it's another kind of, she's a, Shea Amy Dornow. she's a singer-songwriter. She's got extreme, very, very calming, what can only be described as breathy vocals, you know. If you heard it, you would know what I mean. But again, this is a perfect, what I would call, Sunday morning music. To me, that's kind of the thing that you would put on the first thing, on a Sunday morning after a heavy night of drinking the night before, while you've got a little bit of a hangover, and you're thinking, what the hell did I do last night? You know, you kind of put that on, and it kind of very gently reintroduces you back to life, and so on and so forth. That's not to say, obviously... Uh, you know, it's not any good aside for a Sunday morning. No, 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 quite the opposite. It's perfect any time of the day, obviously. But again, I really enjoyed this. She's very little known outside of Canada and obviously outside of, you know, her work with Devin Townsend and Casualties of Cool. I highly recommend the album and getting on it. I believe there's probably a couple of videos not long enough on YouTube. So, yeah. Do you say for favour, have a look at her work, see if it's for you. Okay, you're going to have to forgive me if I appear a little bit quiet in this clip here. It is now 10 to 11 at night. I've not long finished recording a commentary for a movie episode that's coming up within the next couple of weeks and everyone's asleep and everyone's in bed. So we're going to try and keep it down because obviously... I'm a fortunate soul who still lives at home. <laughs> anyway, so while I was writing, after watching the the end of this film, I thought, hmm, why don't I listen to the very last of my band camp day hauls, following on from the contamination, sorry, not contamination, the zombie creeping flesh episode the other week. I bought some Goblin. I say Goblin, it's Claudio Simonetti's Goblin, because there's currently about three, four different versions of Goblin nowadays. There's Claudio Simonetti's Goblin, there's Goblin, there's Pignatelli's Goblin, and I want to say there's Goblin Rebirth. To get into that, it's a whole thing, (laughs) which even I'm not too sure of, but anyway. This is Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. So Claudio Simonetti, Simonetti, Simonetti. He is the keyboard player that can be heard on the Zombie Creeping Flesh soundtrack and all those the Goblin tracks on that soundtrack. So this is his version of Goblin. So this album is called Devil Is Back. It was actually released in January of this year, which I didn't realize. So when it came up on Bandcamp, and it was Bandcamp day, I thought, why the hell not? So if you know Goblin, you know exactly what you're gonna get. You're gonna get lots of synth, heavy guitars, prog rock, you know, strange vocoded voices, Italian voices and things like that, it's good stuff, It's, it's a bit like a soundtrack to a film that doesn't exist, it's definitely well worth picking up if you can find it, I understand it can be quite difficult to get hold of if you're not obviously part of the band camp thing or... Or even trying to get it online, because I've got no. Thinking back on it, I've got no idea how drunk Dave that time managed to order the best of Goblin on LP for me. I've no idea how he managed that. But finding this new album on oh, Bandcamp was like, whoa! That was it was crazy. So, but yeah. Absolutely love this album, it's it's mostly instrumental, like I say, except for a couple of vocoded vocal parts. It's just astonishing. Definitely worth picking up. I made sure, obviously, because it's me, I've ordered the LP as well, the vinyl. So that's going to be coming from Italy within the next... I don't know how long, I don't know how international mail's going nowadays because I'm obviously still waiting for um, the Make Them Die Slowly album to turn up. And as I mentioned earlier, I ordered the Shay Amy Dorval album. I ordered a physical copy of that, and that's coming from Canada, so I've got no idea how long that's going to take, especially now with the sea virus and things. But I'll be sure to put pictures up of all of it, obviously, once it it all turns up. But anyway, going back to the point, The Devil is Back by Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. Get on it. This episode is so very nearly finished. I promise you, we are now the 7th of July, that being a Tuesday. It's 20 past 9. I've just got through watching a short film called... Dead air. So, this randomly cropped up on my... I want to say it was on my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed. I follow a B-movie kind of... Uh, I follow a B-movie account on both of them and this happened to come up one day saying that it was available for purchase on Blu-ray and DVD. And I thought... Why why the hell not? So actually turns out it's screened at a whole load of festivals including the uh the Soho Horror Festival from last year, uh the Haunted House Fear House in 2019, and Knoxville Horror Film Fest as well. So the basic premise for the film is that this punk band are on an airplane uh going to their final show of the tour. I want to say, and uh, yeah, there's there's these uh, little critters-esque creatures on the plane that they get loose and start causing havoc. Good to say, uh, I really enjoyed it. So I did a little bit of reading into it. Actually, turns out that this uh, short film was crowdfunded. So I'm not quite sure how I missed out on that while it was being initially crowdfunded, but it was crowdfunded to be a kind of proof of concept for an eventual feature film. And I've got to say, based off the strength of the short alone, I am 100% in for a feature film. Most Definitely. So I ordered the Blu-ray, and obviously it's come on a Blu-ray disc. It's come with a lovely photographic insert that's, that's been signed by the director and some of the, uh, the cast and the crew. And it's got a tiny little dead-air pin badge in it as well. It's also the case as well. It's been signed by the director, and I'm the proud owner of number 39 out of 50 Blu-rays. I think there is possibly a few left on eBay, which is where I bought this from. But yeah, I had a really, really good time with this for a, for a uh, for a short film. You know, as a proof of con, what is essentially a proof of proof of concept film. I really dug it. The um, the 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 puppets for the um, little creatures are <laughs> really, really funny. It reminds me a bit of the film, a kind of a cross between. Critters from the film Critters, and a bit like Frank from Donnie Darko because of the way the ears are and kind of the, the how they look facially. But yeah, really, really digging that. If you get a chance to see Dead Air, definitely pick it up. So on the disc as well, there's a uh, there's deleted scenes, there's a couple of trailers, there is a, a one-hour behind-the-scenes documentary thing as well, and on top of that as well there's also some uh, previous shorts made by the director of Dead Air, Jeff Harmer uh, called Selfie and Smile wasn't really into Selfie that is a story of a woman who who's texting her her boyfriend presumably, or partner, lover whoever, texting the selfies and it turns out that there's there's a thing behind her, wasn't really into that one Smile, however, I dug a lot more. It was kind of delving into the psychological world a little bit more. Basically, this young woman is seeing a psychiatrist about increasingly violent fantasies and daydreams. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah, if you get a chance, check out Dead Air, like I say. Um, they're kind of selling off copies at at the moment on ebay because obviously their whole kind of festival run at the moment touring festival run like I say has effectively been cancelled by the silly sea virus see again someone else who's been affected by the pandemic so and I believe all the profits and proceeds are going into obviously making in making up for kind of Lost film festivals and films like that. So, dead air, check it out. And just a final thing to wrap up the episode it was announced yesterday that the legendary film composer Ennio Morricone had died at the age of 91. So, if you don't know who. Ennio Morricone is, then shame on you. But he is a legendary film composer. He did the soundtracks to all of Sergio Leone's films since Fistful of Dollars. He did uh, Mission to Mars. He's done. He even won an Oscar for the Hateful Eight in 2016. He also did the theme tune to The Thing among many other things. I mean, the man was prolific, for for lack of a better word. I mean, he managed to sell over 70 million records worldwide during his seven decades, you know, and he sold 7.5 million singles and albums in France alone. A life well-lived, if you ask me, so... Ennio Kenny you will be missed sir thank you thank you for your hard work and your and your love and craft for for film and and music